0: hello and welcome to the ghosts of lincoln podcast i'm your host chris hatch and i want to tell you a scary story about where i'm from Start by talking about something very non-Nebraskan, something very far away from Lincoln and any of the ghosts that may or may not haunt these streets. I want to talk about the ocean. Think crashing waves and salt-lick breezes. Think very far away from where I'm sitting right now at a kitchen table, out in a cabin in the woods. That's right. I'm doing my first road show. I'm sure you'll notice by the lack of production value if there was any to speak of to begin with. I'm at Mahoney State Park, so not exactly the middle of nowhere, but it is miles and miles and miles from the nearest ocean. And that's where I'm thinking about today. I want to talk to you specifically about something that happens at oceans, about rip currents, the kind of current that just the right amount of pressure and just the right bend of a beach can create the dangerous one that can grab a midwestern, ranch-chugging, two-finger-on-the-steering-wheel-waving swimmer and whisk them out to sea like they're damn near tubing behind some kind of unseen ghost boat. Not a riptide, though that's what I figured they were called. Ope, as we landlocked idiots might say. I was definitely wrong. No, a rip current can be an incredibly dangerous flow of water that typically runs into a beach then parallel to it before finally heading out quickly towards the vast expanse of the sea. Think a giant U-turn that comes in and then hooks back out. I've never been caught in one so bad that I was in any danger nor was I around to see anyone carried out to their inevitable Baywatch-style demise. But what happens is one moment you're swimming by the beach, not even that far out. Your older brother is trying to own you in a bro-v-bro body surfing contest and your mom is definitely scooping up sand put into an empty Diet Coke bottle or picking up her 10,000th seashell like she's never seen one before. And right when you're in the middle of neither of you winning the body surfing contest, because no one wins a body surfing contest, you look up and suddenly you're 50 yards laterally down the beach from where you started. That pull, that magnetic tugging that seems to yank at your center of gravity and direct it exactly where God or nature or science or all three want you to go. That's the thing about rip currents. It's the inevitability that gets you. No matter if your toes are dug like claws into the sand or if you're Michael Phelps in 2012, That pull takes you. I think the same can be true of certain places. They kind of sink into your equilibrium and give those inner ears a tug. And when you look down, your feet aren't standing. They're moving. You're moving. Heading towards something you didn't even know you wanted to go. Heading towards somewhere you didn't even know you wanted to go. See what I was saying about not being able to edit? Sometimes those same feet carry you towards something. So let's throw another log onto our digital campfires, huddle closer together, and someone pass me the damn s'mores. It's midnight now and I'm going to tell you about the ghost at Lincoln East High School. Let's talk about locker rooms. I know it's a big jump from what we were just talking about, but hang with me. These dens of sweat and stank ass, these humid, cramped quarters full of people in various states of undress, I mean, they're inherently creepy. You've seen the locker room scenes in the movies, right? No, not that locker room scene. Pervs. I'm talking about the ones that aren't simply smack-handed into a script for gratuitous nudity, but that choose to oftentimes prey on that vulnerability that is inherent to virtually all humans in a semi-naked, slick-floored, steam-filled setting. I'm talking about Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. I'm talking about Ryan Philippe and Teen Beat Magazine's 92 Dream Team of a Movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer. They're always poorly lit. They're always suspect. We don't always find ourselves alone in them, but when we do, it resonates with us in a wholly lonely kind of way. The rows of lockers, too tall to let us see if we're actually all alone. The often windowless conditions that are entirely reliant on the frequently crappy lighting. That's where our story starts today. In a locker room. It's where the Guide to the Ghosts of Lincoln tells the tale of young Cayenne Brighter, an elementary-aged girl who was out at East High School in Lincoln, Nebraska, doing that thing that so many of us parents wish our child would do. She was hurrying. See, Cayenne had a dentist appointment, and she needed to leave the pool early, slipping out of the chlorinated water in the middle of team sprints and heading to the nearest locker room probably wishing that she would have flossed a little bit more since the last time she had some gloved hand cracking her jaw open like an anaconda-human hybrid that is probably a made-for-TV movie on the sci-fi channel. I was going to call this made-up late-night D-movie, Manaconda, but then, just for the hell of it, I googled it to see if that was actually a movie. Please note, never Google Manaconda. It's not a movie. It's something different. Something that makes the term NSFW explode your phone in the palm of your hand like an unthrown grenade. At any rate, I'll try to get us back on track with our story before it's 1am and we're still talking about disgusting Google image searches. Back to Cayenne. As she entered the locker room, she slipped and slid on her bare feet across the tiled locker room flooring with the practiced, measured steps of someone who's been walking in and out of locker rooms like this for much of their young life. The dull haze of fluorescent tubes flicked on as she tossed the switch up and walked alone into the locker room. Goosebumps spread across her skin almost instantly. She tried to tell herself that her sudden apprehension the palpable tension creeping into her muscles like some kind of quick-drying rigor mortis cement was because of that wet hair clinging to the nape of her neck, or the fact that they never seemed to have the temperature of this drafty old locker room calibrated correctly, or really any other reason than that copper-tasting fear that was suddenly replacing the saliva in her mouth. cayenne had always hated this locker room but until just a week before this story she hadn't been quite able to put her finger on why she couldn't explain exactly why she seemed a little more unsteady in this labyrinth of numbers and locks or why she would always feel that cold icy tendril of a finger caress the nape of her neck that is until last week when she had heard the breathing. It had been just one week before, out of the pool for a quick solitary bathroom break, when she had leaned forward and suddenly squinted her eyes, pulsing silence seeming to fill the air, and she had heard it. She was still sitting down, and she wasn't exactly sure what it was or who it belonged to, but nonetheless, Her heart rate suddenly pole vaulting directly up and over her sense of logic, she had slammed the bathroom door and slid ran her way back to the pool, where she had leapt in and been all too anxious to dive back into the safety of the crowded team practice. She had told no one, but as she had reached in and cranked on the handle of the shower, she suddenly felt like maybe she should have. But it had been one week since her last encounter and she was in a hurry. She tried to put the memory of the past week in her rearview mirror as the water sputtered to life, groaning like a passenger exiting a cross-country flight that didn't serve alcohol. If she just hurried, her mom wouldn't be mad, wouldn't be sitting in the car, tapping her hands on the steering wheel with that tight-lipped, eyebrow-lifted pose of the listless parent. If you're a parent, you know the one where you're running up a giant mental swear word bank, and you're hoping that if you just crank up that Drake song a little louder, you won't have to explode like the mountain in Dante's Peak. Right as Cayenne leaned back, arching her head into the steamy beads of the water, it suddenly snapped off. Already on edge, she turned quickly and grabbed at the handle again. She fumbled and turned it back on. Then off. Then on again. No groans from the school's intestinal tract of piping. No water cascade. Just the sound of her hair dripping and that sudden, intense feeling of being very alone and very not at the same time. Displaying the kind of instincts that many very dead girls in horror movies do not possess, Cayenne threw her wet hair over her thin shoulders and headed directly out of the shower room. But as her feet finally hit the dry floor of the locker room itself, she heard the hot water hiss back to life behind her. She stopped, froze almost, eyebrows nearly rocketing off her face and launching directly into the stratosphere like a hair-covered SpaceX rocket. After a moment's hesitation, Displaying the kind of instincts that many very dead girls in horror movies possess, she went back towards the sound of the running water to shut it off. Extremely eco-conscious. Extremely terrifying. Before she could make it back, the few feet to the shower she heard a noise. A locker slammed shut behind her. Not in the kind of gentle bang click of a teacher helping a student on the first day of classes in middle school. No. This was the sound of a moody, emo tween who had just gotten a note labeled For you 2 c Only with breakup info enclosed, leaving for the day on a long weekend. It was echoing metallic thunder to Cayenne harmonizing with the thudding of her kick-drumming heart. Her feet seemed suctioned to the floor. Cayenne Brighter was absolutely fucking terrified. In the black hole of that momentary silence, she heard a locker open, a little closer to her this time. She began to shiver then, full body, rolling over her in waves that seemed to wobble her core. Another slam. Surely, her flailing logic attempted to intervene, someone else just came in here. I'm not alone because, well, I'm not alone. It's probably just some janitor or a coach who came in. Maybe even my mom. She probably got tired of sitting in the van and came to look for me. Hello, she called out into the deafening stillness. An auditory flare, hoping for a response of some kind nothing she didn't even bother to sneak a look down any of the rows in the locker room cayenne was alone cayenne was not alone and somehow she seemed to sense both of these and the aching acuteness that afflicts people when they're feeling that terror pinball around in the amygdala like they're going for a new high score her feet came unstuck suddenly cayenne felt her body moving She was throwing off her wet swimsuit and diving into her clothes, her wet bathing suit stuffed hastily into her bag. She looked up at the always broken clock on the wall above her locker. It had started inexplicably ticking. The second hand spinning suddenly felt like a referendum. It was a countdown. The PA system on the wall crackled to life. Only it wasn't talking. There wasn't an announcement being issued from the home base of East High's office or some young kid being called to task for not showing up on time for their ride. The PA system was breathing, breathing in ragged, cackling gasps, trying to pull the air out of the room, maybe even by taking some of the oxygen from Cayenne herself. Her shoes were on, to hell with tying them, and she was rushing towards the exit the locker suddenly looming 12 feet high above her. The air around her was heavy, thick. She hadn't showered enough to steam up the room, but she was nearly clawing her way through the suddenly cloying, sticky air. As she sprinted past the sinks, her body now in full flight mode, she caught a fleeting glimpse of a mirror above one of them. In that mirror above that sink, she saw something that she would never forget. It was a young girl staring back at her. She had her hand extended into the air as if, as if waving to Cayenne as she fled. Nearly sobbing, she slammed the door to the locker room and raced in a full-tilt sprint towards her mother. It wasn't the first or the last time that someone reported something off about the locker room at East High. And it's not the first time that I've reported something off about a locker room I've been in. Which brings us to the ghost roast. Insert DJ air horns here. I'd like to talk for a brief moment about my own personal ghouls, specters, and monstrosities that haunt the locker rooms of my memories. The perpetually nude, wall-to-wall, body-hair, shag-carpeted old men that seem to constantly roam the rows of any locker room ever. Now, these aren't the disturbing tales of criminals. Thank goodness I've never experienced that level of predation. And I can assure you I would never make light of that kind of situation. This is just about that one old guy who is always in the locker room and never gives a single damn about social norms. I'm talking about that hairy, drenched, old man-ass that always rears its ugly head in the locker room. You come around a corner exhausted and self-loathing, minding your own business, firmly keeping all eye contact to a minimum and mentally adding in those... Blur boxes that you see on reality TV shows or that used to cover up some of the twerking girls on BET Uncut. And then BAM! There he is. Mr. Naked and Unafraid. The old dude who is just ripping through some hip pointer stretches and or back twists while fully, miserably nude. You've also seen him starring in such smash hits as... Guy standing with both arms behind his neck while at a urinal at the airport. Like, listen, I get it. You're about a decade-plus past giving a fuck, and you expect everyone to respect the fact that your generation helped land a dude on the moon, and I know that you've got to get to your coffee meetup with your six other seniors at the McDonald's at 27th and Vine Street in about an hour, so you've got plenty of time on your hands. But just get on a pair of shorts. Tidy-whities. Hell, you can borrow my towel, man. Just get something on while you're doing those hip thrusts and putting on your roll-on deodorant. Air drying is fine, but this isn't a coat of paint that we're talking about. Towel off, get dressed, and stop making Cayenne's horror stories seem tame by comparison. And this has been another edition of The Ghost Roast. Boom. Ghosted. Ask many of the custodians about East High's locker room. They'll tell you, in whispered tones and unsteady cadences, about their own experiences. Lights being flicked off even though the doors are locked behind them. Voices whispering, breathing. Maybe even an injury due to an accident that one will only ever tell folks was because of that ghost. One legend is that a young girl named Mary slipped and fell in that locker room, smacking her head on the sinks that played such a prominent role in our story above. Another theory is this. Remember those rip currents? Remember that pole? There are those who believe that Lincoln East High School directly intersects with what would be known as a ley line. A ley line in many ways is considered to be similar to a rip current of psychic energy. First theorized about by amateur British archaeologist Alfred Watkins and later expanded upon extensively by paranormal enthusiasts, these intersectional lines correspond to key magnetic or historical sites all across the world. They're almost always in straight lines from one another, and while their authenticity is certainly up for questioning, and while the maps i found are completely subjective, and insanely difficult to find good images of, it certainly appears that one could run directly through Lincoln East High School, as potentially suggested by Alan Boy, the author of The Guide to the Ghosts of Lincoln. Could it be that, much as we experience these these currents, something else does too? Someone else does? What if these lines aren't the silly ramblings of an amateur scientist but instead help explain something more about the world in which we live and the world in which others are still undead. What if instead of pulling us out they're pulling something else in? As always I'm curious to know what you think. I'm sure I've got a few East High graduates that enjoy the pod. Tell me what you think. Tell me what the local legends are. Were you ever alone in that locker room and suddenly the clock that was always stuck at 12-12 began ticking, or that crackling intercom came to life to speak to you in some way? Do people talk about these ley lines and their correlations with other places at East High? I want to know, because I want to believe. I want to believe, even if I'm not entirely convinced. Mostly because nothing makes you feel more alive than being scared half to death. Just ask Cayenne Brighter or any of the custodians. Thank you very much for listening and bearing with all my technical difficulties. This has been another episode of the Ghosts of Lincoln Podcast.